This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Your Kissmas in July celebration rolls on right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend, Chris Sinzak. How's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? Are you enjoying Kissmas in July? I am. You notice how, like... Around Christmas and July time, people out there they just seem to be nicer to each other. They're they're more giving. They're nicer. They they're, you see people saying it. It's it's still okay to say Merry Christmas. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think we're living proof of that. Happy holidays. I don't know. I'm to think of a, can't think of a good alternative. <laughs> there isn't no good alternative to Christmas in July. No. As we found out last week. Yeah. Man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a fun episode with Bob Kulik. I enjoyed Yeah, that. always interesting, talking baseball. Yeah, a lot of with baseball. Bob Kulik. You know, and he told us some other cool stories, too. We got to play some of our favorite Bob Kulik guitar songs from yeah. the Kiss catalog, which there's some good ones. You know, some people like to argue it, but mm-hmm. I think they're all pretty awesome. Oh, and me I, too. And, man, personally, I love the songs on Live, too. Yeah, me too. You Side know, four is a great, it's I always, a great little EP, basically. Yeah, I always like it when people are talking on the Facebook, and I saw that there was some of that, you know, going on where some people say I, those songs are great, you know, or they're continuation of Love Gun, and other people say, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no yeah. good. People are allowed to be wrong. That's sure. Okay. <laughs> I love it, yeah. and I love what we're going to be talking about here today. This is going to be a special treat because. Mm. We're delving into a little side road off of history today, yeah. a road not very traveled, a, a, a subject that's not known a whole lot about. No, not at all. You know, we, uh, we, we've talked about doing something like this for years, actually, and, you know, uh, Peter Chris's, you know, non-kiss time is not really well covered, and, right. uh, and, there, and we focused on an era that is even less covered. That's what I guess you would call it the Alliance era or the Chris Penridge Alliance era or the Penridge Chris Alliance era. It, it, there's there's so many different names for this period. Peter, and Peter it, Chris and the Desperate Men. And the Desperate yeah. Men, yeah. The, it, basically, the time of around 1984-85. And, uh, you know, music was doing a lot of different things at that time, and, and Peter was kind of going way against them at the time. Yeah. Um, but we have Mike Hutchins joining us, and Mike is a local Nashville guitar player. And you're going to hear the Peter Chris connection to Nashville, which a lot of you may not even realize that uh, for a little while, Peter was based out of Nashville and trying to make it out of here. That's right. You know, we're going to find out all about that today and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Mike's got some cool stories of stuff that I know I've never heard before. Yeah, me here. And either. so it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into that today with our Christmas in July celebration, we got to take the time to take care of some business. And my favorite way to start the show is with some sweet five-star reviews. And we've got a few of them here today. So we got a couple. We got one from iTunes and a couple from Facebook. This one comes to us from iTunes, and it's entitled, If You Like Rock Music, Give This a Listen. It comes to us from Next Worst Failure, and it's five stars. It's on iTunes, and it goes a little something like this. Chris and Aaron, you guys outdid yourselves with the Damon Johnson interview. What a great guy he is, with the great stories to tell. Keep them coming for the listeners. Chris and Aaron are rock fans, yes, but candid ones, and they bring unique stories to the podcast universe, such as their Albums Unleashed series. If you like rock, you should give this podcast a try. That's awesome. I like Thanks that so a lot. Much. You know, somebody going through iTunes trying to figure yeah. out where's my home for rock and roll. Where where can I celebrate Christmas in July? Well, brothers and sisters, you found it, and thanks to a review like that, it makes yeah. it that much easier. And next worst failure, you, you need to have more self-esteem. You're, you're a success as far as we're concerned. Exactly. Yeah. I like that a lot. Here's a couple of reviews, uh, reviews from Facebook. This one comes to us from Trevor McDougal. Five stars. You wanted the best, you got the best. Next to the hottest band in the world, these guys are second. Great tunes, stories, and interesting interviews. You could not go wrong with the Decibel Geek podcast. A must-listen to everyone that loves this style of music thank you trevor that's awesome i like that one a lot and we got one more from facebook from mike tyler five stars goes like this killer podcast especially the albums unleashed series a lot of love for that yeah keep up the excellent work and fuck three sides of the coin who's that that's what the review says i'm just reading it (laughs) i think i've heard of them i 
<laughs> Found in the troll section of yeah. your local toy store. Right. Okay. So uh, our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's Bob Kulik episode. Geeks of the Week this week are Thomas Mukaji, Todd Cunningham, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, Michael Grabowski, James West, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden-Taylor, Eric Santana Horner, Matthew Scott, Ian Wiley from Rock and Metal Combat. Rock, Rock and Ron Runyon, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mike Parnell, Matt Ashcraft, Chuck Noseworthy, Derek Laba, Dan Nation, Brent Tibbetts, Tom Cullen, Sean Cullen, Shane Abair, Alex Thorne, Joseph Capone, Marianne Callie, Aaron Baker, Shay Hargett, Wolfgang Hill, Ron Brothers, Kiss Army Omaha, Daniel Peebles, Bill Elam, Andrew Jacobs, Mikhail Burrell, Rodney Dixon, Matt Porter, Joe Lascon, Sean Franklin, J.J. Mack, Janet Eck, The Powered Core Channel, Shuana Lee, Corona, Tom Smoke, Patricia Castro, Anna Maria, Rodney Barrington, MDG Rock Photography, Dan Chapu, Save Rock and Metal, Nighthawk, Eladio, I Love It, Loudcast, Adam Cox, and of course, the Mooger Fooger. That's a mighty list right there. Yeah. A lot of people out there sharing and spreading the word about Decibel Geek. Let your friends all know what we got going on here. If you know somebody that's into hard rock and classic metal, you got to tell them about the Decibel Geek podcast. You could be saving lives, or, or at least making them better. That's true. And that's a good thing, too. So, we've got an awesome conversation about a time in Peter Chris's life that you don't hear a whole lot about, but we're going to definitely get some light shed on that for yeah. us today. And if you're ready to get into it, I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, here's our talk about Peter Chris in the 80s with Mike Hutchins. Start from the beginning. I mean, uh, I mean, well, the, did you, uh, did you, were, I mean, obviously you were probably aware of Kiss before you ever met Peter. Yeah. So h- how does it all come together? Well, you know, uh, um, how did the, the, me playing with Kiss come together? I mean, with uh, Peter Chris come together? Yeah. That little aspect? Yeah. Um, I'd been on the road for several years uh, playing with different artists, some artists in the 60s. Uh, got off the, and I got tired of that. Got off the road, and I was playing with a guy named Matt Gaden here mm-hmm. in Nashville, who wrote a song called "Everlasting Love." You know yeah, that song? Uh, yeah. Uh, and he's like a slide guitar legend, incredible you know, musician. And I was playing in his band, and then another band in Nashville called the Neon Bushmen, mm-hmm. which was an avant-garde kind of like out there rock band. You know? Okay. And some other bands just trying to make a living, and and every really good guitar player I know always teaches guitar too. And, so I, had, so I started teaching, and I had some students, and uh, and one day, uh, I was teaching at a music store out in Madison, mm-hmm. and uh, one day, a call came in out there, and they asked, they wanted to know if I would be uh, interested in auditioning for Peter Chris. Oh, wow. Uh, and I said, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in doing that, and they said, well, can you bring a bass player and a drummer with you? And I said, sure. <laughs> you got a phone call asking if you wanted to, if you could have oh, yeah. a drummer and who, a bass who player. Who makes that phone yeah, call? Yeah, who called you? Um, it was the management company that, that was going to manage him. Okay. Okay. And how were they aware of you? Just through other... Well, acts. yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think I had previously, before all the stuff that I did, that I told you about, mm-hmm. I'd been playing with a band called Montage, which was the first jazz rock fusion band in Nashville. Okay. And uh, with Alan Woody uh, and Tony Crow uh, and John Moss, the guys mm-hmm. who ended up playing with Peter. And... Um, that band, even though we really didn't make any money or, mm-hmm. you know, get a record deal, although we they tried to get us a record deal with Tomato Records in Chicago, but it, it just never worked out. But that band was just incredible band for the time. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, no, there was nothing like that. Yeah. And so I think we just had street cred, you know, right pretty on. much, you know. And no, there weren't a lot of guitar players playing like I was playing, except Stan Lasseter. Mm. Who's you, know, you guys know Stan? I, I do know who that yeah, is. Yeah, he's an incredible guitar player. Still a great friend of mine, and uh, so uh, just the word got around, you know. Yeah. So, so how's what's the first meeting like? Uh, meeting that? Well, you mean the audition? Yeah, with yeah. Peter. Uh, well, I, Peter wasn't at the audition. Okay. Stan Penridge was there. Okay. Did you have any? Did they say these are the songs you need to know when you come into the audition? Do you go into it blind? I mean, no. What we did was, you know, um, the, the true story is that you know when we went down, it was the audition was down at Soundcheck down in uh-huh. downtown, which I don't even know if it's still there anymore. I think, but it, it used to be yeah. down off of like a division mm-hmm. down on the other side of the interstate, and we went down there and um, there were a lot. We saw a lot of really great musicians down there auditioning, you know. 
And right before we went in, we saw three of the best musicians come out. Really? One of them was Stan Lasseter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so uh, we were sitting there, and me and Woody were talking, and he said, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, um, you know, they've heard people who really can play a lot of notes. And I said, uh, let's just go in there and make them really, f- make it feel good. Yeah. And then we'll save our notes for later. And so he said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we went in there uh, and walked in. And Stan uh, Penridge, he just said, hey, man, here's kind of how the song goes. And, you know, we were pretty pretty quick, and we learned learned the stuff pretty fast. And then we just go through the tune, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he was a great guy. I, love, I loved him. Yeah, he's you know he's kind of yeah. well-known among KISS fans because, you know, he helped write Beth and a number of Peter songs. That's right. Going back to the early 70s. and uh, yeah. But there's not a lot known about him because he's no longer with us. But, uh, right. Yeah, well, you know, what can you tell us about Stan? I just thought he was, I just loved him, man. He was just the greatest guy, you know, and we hit, we just hit it off, me yeah. and him, you know, and, and, um, but, uh, but when we first got into the audition, I'll tell you more about him as we go. But yeah. The, um, we, we went through the first tune and, and, uh, Woody, Alan Woody, I mean, <laughs> one of the greatest bass players in history, this mm-hmm. guy, incredible. And so uh, we just had this chemistry together. And the drummer that John Moss, who was with us, is an incredible field drummer. Mm-hmm. If you sit in and play with him, it feels good, you know? Yeah. And so after the first tune, I saw Penders. He, he looked around. He was going like, wow, you know? And, right. and after the, about the third tune, you know, they, he was just like, we were learning it so fast. And, yeah. we, and we weren't playing crazy, you know? We were just being really laid back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Um, and he was just—he fell in love. And, and when we left, I, I, I told Woody, I said, "I think we got it." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they called us the next day and hired us. So nice. that's kind of how that went down. Yeah, now that's when you, pretty slick, you know, to be yeah. able to say, "Okay, you know, these other guys are going in there and trying to blow minds. So let's just go in there and yeah. be easy, man." That probably was what wanted for you. You know, it could—it could be. And you know how you do things by intuition sometimes in the moment. Uh, and to me, I, I just—I just kind of felt like that was the right thing to do. Now. Now, what happened was we unveiled the crazy plan later. Right. <laughs> we didn't leave it under the bushel, you know. Right. Uh, so, but, but when, yeah. you, when you go in for that, though, like going in, when you hear Peter Chris, you're thinking, you're thinking you're going in to audition for a heavy metal band because of the reputation? Yeah, I didn't really know. Yeah. You know, I just I just knew it didn't really matter what it was. I knew we could play it. I just didn't know if you were surprised by the material once he, he stands well, started showing know, it to the, you. I will say I was the material was more laid back than we thought it would be. Right. Uh and um we I think our sense of it was that uh Stan and Peter wanted to kinda of go they wanted to kinda of do something different. Yeah. Than right. kiss, you know. And it's more like a groove stuff and, you know, some of the stuff off Peter's solo record, you know. Yeah. Right. It's that kind of stuff. And uh, But there were a couple of really good rocking tunes, which they, um, it's a long story, but, you know, like there's a song, Some Kind of Hurricane, you mm-hmm. know that song? Yeah. That's which which we had really, we really tore it up, you know, on that song. But right before we did One for the Sun, they took it out of the set. Uh-huh. And I remember we had we were in the meeting with them, and we were like, "Guys, you know, I don't think that's a good idea." We were like, "You should probably keep this one in. It's a yeah. it'll be a crowd pleaser, you know." And and but they took it out. They just had a different way of looking at things, right? Know? So we went with what we had. I got gotcha. you. So when you 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 know you do the audition, Stan goes, "This this is the band we want." Well, he didn't say that then. Yeah. So how does it go from that? point? But the vibe you know I got was, you know, and I, I was in the. I, I was engaged. I went home and told my fiance. She said, "What do you think?" I said, "I think we got it." You know. And then uh, the next day they called and they said, "Yeah, we want you guys." And so uh, then what we did after that, I quit everything else I was doing. You know, and they put us on a on a per diem, you know, mm-hmm. draw a weekly paycheck. Right. And we and then we started going down to sound check and rehearsing. And Peter flew in and we started going down and rehearsing with Peter. Now, what what's the first meeting with him like? First meeting with Peter was uh, we went we we met in a hotel room mm-hmm. uh, and uh, with a couple of acoustic guitars and just kind of went over some of the stuff you know mm-hmm. my memory I've got a a um, a song list of stuff that we did there you know oh really at home yeah that's cool and I think I think that's the first time and 
You know, I mean, meeting Peter was just—he's just a great guy, man. Mm-hmm. I just think of the world of him too, you know. And he's very, just agreeable and nice, and um, I just—I just had—I I like him a lot. You know? And him and Stan seem to have a pretty solid partnership, especially at that point. Man, I'm these sure. guys were thick as thieves. Man. Yeah, they—they they uh, were compadres, you know. Yeah, they—they uh, um, they knew each other a long time. Yeah. Know? So is this something like, does Peter already have like a recording contract set up that they're able to put you guys on the per diem? Or is that something that's like coming out of his pocket? To, no, to it, it, the management, it. management company was funding it. Gotcha. And they, okay. what they were doing was they, they my, my understanding is they contacted Peter from, from the management group in Nashville mm-hmm. and said, hey, we're interested, you know, if you're interested. And, and, and Peter was like, Nashville. Let's do it, you know. Yeah. So he flew in and they made a deal and then he flew back to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, they, what they wanted us to do, we wanted to rehearse for a period of time and get a, get a really good show together, kick it off with One for the Sun, yeah, uh, and then go on and do a sort of a mini tour, which is what we did, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to build momentum. Uh, yeah. So that was, I think, the initial thought on that. Yeah. And there's like some confusion about the name of the band because, like, mm-hmm. I remember seeing a interview clip on youtube of peter and stan from some local tv show and they were calling it like peter chris and the desperate men or something along those lines yeah what happened there was there was a a duo in nashville of two girls Mm -hmm. who were called two desperate women okay and so they they protested the name (laughs) and so and so i remember they came to one of our i think they came to one of our rehearsals Uh you know and, and everybody was just just being really nice to them because they didn't want them to sue us, you know. And uh, and they said, well, we'll just change it. So that we just changed, they changed it to the Alliance, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was first and then that. Yeah. So One for the Sun, that was, I know the people that, you know, maybe not be familiar with that, that was a big show that happened what year? Uh, that, it was in 84. 84 here in Hermitage, right? Yeah. Is that a, where Nashville Shores is now? It is. Yeah. 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 It was a big show, man. I mean, it was they have like ten, ten, eleven thousand people out there, and it was it was pretty pretty big, you know. Who was all on the bill for that? Well, we that? we opened up. We went on right before Alcatraz with Ingve Malmsteen on right the guitar, on. Uh, and uh, Rat was on the bill. Oh, cool! Wow. And um, the Greg Allman band, yeah, uh, Damn, a band what? called Duke Jupiter. Dude Jupiter. Duke Duke, Duke Jupiter. Jupiter. Huh? Yeah, you know, just they were a pretty big band at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that I think those are the ones I can remember. Alcatraz was was a real big draw, and also that Rat was a big draw at the time. Yeah, I bet. yeah. yeah round and round sure. was like a top ten. Yeah, that's when yeah. it was right yeah. at the on the top yeah. of the charts at the time. Yeah, uh, uh, their, their singer uh, um, Stephen Pierce. He came on our bus to meet Peter and talk, yeah. hang out. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So well, around this time, you know, obviously, you know, Peter's clearly from the music around that time was looking to do something very different than, than what kiss and bands of that type were doing at the time. Did, do you remember conversations where he was like, we are absolutely not going the kiss route or was, did he ever talk much about kiss at the time? Oh yeah. I know. He talked all the time about kiss. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything in particular, I know a lot you of stuff. <laughs> but you know, the, the thing about, um, he, he, you know, he wasn't opposed to doing any of the stuff off his solo records. Right. right. He, he, he wanted to do that. And, and they did Beth. We did Beth every okay. show. Uh, we did Beth at One for the Sun. They, he and Stan went out and just did it with acoustic guitar. Right. You know, and the place went completely crazy. Yeah, I bet. Um, and so we were trying to encourage him to do more of that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, and yeah. Maybe do some of the songs Peter penned for Chris, do those, I mean, penned for Kiss, do those in the show too. Sure, right. And he want, they wanted to do their own stuff, I think. Yeah. You know, so, but. Uh, but I suppose when you're playing and you bust out them Kiss songs, that's what everybody really goes nuts for, right? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, true. Uh, but, it, you know, it didn't seem to matter. Everywhere we went, there were a lot, lots of people. Yeah. Ready to meet him. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. lines of people for autographs and, uh, you know, and Modern Drummer Magazine kind of was in some of our gigs, you know, just yeah. to do interviews. And, they, you know, he was just uh, he's a big star. You know? Yeah. For sure. And I guess so you got a, a good little taste of the Kiss Army, I guess, at, at a lot of these shows. You, you saw how they would turn out in force even for mm-hmm. solo gigs. That's right. And they're just great people, man. Yeah. You know, loved them. That's cool. Best people in the world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. 
but yeah, so I mean, at the time, it's it, it. I mean, it's just there's just not a lot known about it because it was it didn't it didn't it only lasted what about two years? Not even no. It, it was like six months. Oh man. really? It was a that very fast. short period of time. Yeah. You know? Wow. Uh, the uh, there were a lot of problems with the management company and some problems with Peter. You know, honestly. Was he still in his partying phase during that time? Well, you know, I think uh, he and Stan had had a really good time. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when we got toward the end of our run, uh, my understanding was that he had contracted hepatitis and had to had to take some time off. Mm, and yeah. that time off, we never, even though he was in touch with me, we never really got back together. Gotcha. Wow. Uh, man. Uh, uh, kind of weird. Man. is such a strange time for, you know, uh, artists like Peter Chris. I mean, is when you got bands like Rat that are at the top of the charts, and then, I mean... Were you guys trying to? Were you guys coming up with any new original material together? Well, you know, Peter and Stan had written a bunch. Of, we're all we're writing songs every time they got together. They write a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also am a songwriter and had been writing songs for years, and I had written a bunch of stuff, uh, and um, just you know, we're going to be jumping around in the story. Yeah, now, yeah. Okay, but I. Uh, after uh, Peter left, I'll put a band together called Mind Over Matter, um, which Jelly Jansen's featuring on his website, you know, and, mm. and the other KISS fans around the world and the ones in Bolivia and other, in South America, they're all, they're all aware of that. Uh, and because three of the songs that are on that record were songs that Peter recorded after he, we, he left Nashville. Mm. So that was my connection there. And um, so uh, he... Uh, he wanted, really wanted to record my some of my stuff, you know, and he, and he did. Yeah, right on. So that's cool. And didn't you, you guys did do a, a recording session with Wayne Moss, didn't you? That's right at Cinderella Studios. We did a, a session there. Actually, we were there for like a week, you know. And, yeah. Uh, we did four songs, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, um, those those were. Good and Stan Penridge was on the session was on the sessions too, and mm-hmm. I thought they went really well for the kind of stuff that he was trying to do. Right, because you know Wayne is an incredible producer and very good. Of course, history, uh, you yeah. know a legendary guitar player. You know. Well, and that studio's got quite a history too. He's still operating it to this day. Yes, he is. Nice. Yeah. Well, his son John was the drummer in this in that in the Peter. Christian. Oh, that's his. Son. Okay, yeah. so I knew that. that was, so that was kind of our connection with Cinderella. But but I'd been recording in Cinderella for years. Before Had you Peter came to town? Yeah, I yeah. got you. Yeah. Okay, what did Peter think of Nashville? Did he like it here? I think he loved it here. Did he? You know, I never saw him with, without a smile on his face. Yeah. You know? and, um, we had fun, man. We yeah. really did, and, and we really played. We played good. We played hard, you know. Yeah. We did not just get up on stage and stand around, you know. Did uh, his wife and daughter make it into town? Uh, his wife came in for One for the Sun. Yeah. And that's when I got to meet her, and I thought she was super nice mm-hmm. and really gracious person. And uh, one of the songs that Peter ended up recording that I wrote was actually a song that I sort of used her, uh, I mean, maybe 10% of the song was sort of, she was sort of amused for me for okay. this song called Run for Cover. Okay. Um, right. And so uh, that's one of the ones he recorded. Yeah, yeah. But I liked her. She was great. But I, I never met his um, um, Jenny Lee, child. But, yeah. yeah. No. Gotcha. So where's Peter Chris's mind at, like, musically at this time? Like I said, you know, when Rat and bands like that are topping the charts and are the big thing, does he... Does he have any feelings like we should try to do some heavier stuff like that, or is he just let's do this? And what is this that no, he's trying he, to do? he wouldn't try to do anything heavy. I don't think. Yeah. You know? um, the band that I put together right after that ended called Mind Over Matter. That that band was way heavier than than what Peter was trying to do. Yeah. You know? um, and we were weren't incredibly heavy, but we were, you know, we were pretty <laughs> we were pretty uh, rocked out. You know? Right. He just he was they wanted to he and Stan wanted to do soul music kind of yeah to do that right. kind that's of their background vibe, you know yeah and, and we were fine with that I lo- that's the kind of stuff I grew up playing you know? oh sure so it's fun great. to play too right? sure I can see that it's being an extension of the stuff off his soul album which when you look at the four soul albums his is the least kiss like mm-hmm. out of all of them you know right. his was the most far out away from what the the basic core of what kiss was. And, you know, just to, it seems like, you know, just a continuation of that almost. 
I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Julian Gill, who runs the KISS FAQ website. No. Well, he's written a lot of books about KISS. He's he's like a, I call him a KISS-torian. He is a KISS-torian. For lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him because like his site has some of the only information about the Chris Penridge Alliance. And uh, I said, do you have any suggestions or anything? And he said um, he was looking at the set lists, and he said that you guys had 28 songs that you wanted to rehearse. And... Uh, so to ask you about the rehearsals for those songs, was there was there anything that stood out in particular of the songs you rehearsed, or was there a lot of because he said he mentioned that "Dirty Living" and "Baby Driver" were in those lists? Did you do you yeah, guys we didn't do those? do those songs? You didn't no, and you know if you want to see the real list, you yeah, know, um, <laughs> I, I've got a copy. I sent a copy of that to um, Alex Bergdahl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also some uh, Kiss the Kiss Army down in Bolivia, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, the, there was, there's, I think there are discrepancies on who the alliance was. Yeah, that's what I want. And to so out. that's when I hooked up with Jelly uh, Jansen uh, in um, uh, in Nor. I think he's in, I think he's in Holland. I'm not sure. Okay. One of the one of those Scandinavian countries. We really, uh, he, they were, he was really unclear about it too. Yeah, because there had been sort of a. A, a version of it before they came to Nashville, uh-huh. and then there was sort of a little version of it after they left Nashville. Oh. You know, so uh, I think that's there are discrepancies in those lists, but uh, the list is I've got the list. Okay. Yeah. I have, for some reason I kept a copy of this handwritten list. Well, that's so cool that, that you kept it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did um, was Beth the only Kiss song? Uh, well, you know, yeah, I think I think it was the only Kiss song. We may have done. I think that was really the only kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, was there any like for one for the sun? There's not a whole lot of media out there for it. Like, there's just a couple of long, far distant photos. Do you have more like stuff from that? <laughs> I would like to see those photos. If you could send me those, it'd be great. I, I, I don't have any photos of it. Oh, really? No. Um, no, that's that's the only thing. I've, I've really tried to find stuff about this. You know, it's funny at my. Fiance at the time was a photographer, mm-hmm. but we got out there and she completely forgot to take pictures. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's cool. But uh, I'd like to get some pictures if they're out there. Yeah. yeah. It'd have been cool to see some video of you guys playing. That'd be cool, too. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. And how many dates did you do after One for the Sun? You know, that's a really good question. We, we went from, I mean, we went through the end of the summer, so I, I, I don't know how many dates it was. Yeah. I really, I've tried to think about that last night because I know you probably asked me, but I don't really remember. Was it continuous dates or was it fly-in dates? No, we were um, we had a tour bus. You did? Yeah, and I know we went we went up to, um, we did the Grand Prix of Rock and Roll up in, I believe it was Wisconsin, and uh, we did a, a show in downtown Detroit, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, at that show, Peter Peter took me to see the Tigers play one day. Was oh crazy. yeah, yeah, he bought me a ticket. Uh-huh. To me. <laughs> I know he's a big baseball. That was the year they won the World Series too. Yeah, really yeah, play. they were awesome that year. So we got to do the wave, you know. See, we're talking so. baseball again. Now. Yeah, <laughs> keep up the tradition. <laughs> but we we did dates like that, just uh, private, like not private, but like club, big club dates. Yeah, um, that kind of stuff. What kind you guys of headlining? We headlined everywhere. We didn't headline one for the sun. We right. were third, I think, and I think we were uh, second or third headliner at Grand Prix Rock and Roll. Eddie Money was the headliner. Eddie oh. Money, and the Atlanta Rhythm Section, I think, was second, and then I think we were third. Wow! Yeah, the big turnouts at these shows, or is it mixed? Some or? of them there were, were good turnouts. Some of them there weren't. There weren't that many people there. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well. I got a traveling on a bus with Peter Chris in 1984. We're Kiss nerds, so we hear a lot of stories. How crazy did it get? Uh, you know, <laughs> it didn't get too crazy on the bus. I think he and Stan reserved most of that for in the room. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But but you know, there was there was stuff that happened on the bus, but it wasn't that crazy. Uh, I'll tell you that the first road gig we took, we were. Um, we got on there, and we're, and we're all laughing. We had we had a great time. Yeah. But and and somebody put some music on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and whatever they put on, everybody's like, nah, not that. And so they took it out. Yeah. And somebody put something else on. Like, nah, I don't want to hear. We don't want to hear that. You know. And it just went through all this yeah. stuff. And so I had a just gotten a copy of um uh, of the Stevie Ray Vaughan's first album. Oh you yeah. Know? 
And I said, I got this. And so we put it on and we listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then when we got done, everybody looked around and said, put it back on. And we listened to it all the way through. Yeah. Again. <laughs> nice. So that was cool. That was the kind of vibe we had, you know. Gotcha. Good music. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's always staying in. Peter's a big fan of a lot of lot of music. Like he he's a true music lover. Like where you know some people say, well, Gene, I know Gene loves music, but Gene is about business first, and music mm-hmm. comes secondary. Right. With Peter Chris, it always seemed about music was first and foremost his main love. It seemed. Yeah, I, I know he mentioned to me. You know, he he really learned kind of playing playing jazz. You know, he was yeah. a fan of jazz drummers going early on, and so uh, he uh, he really knew a lot. You know, he. He was an interesting guy. Yeah, he still is an interesting guy. Yeah. yeah. Did Did he ever play drums with you guys? Or yeah, absolutely. Did, oh, okay, I didn't know if he just stuck to singing. No, at the time. no. He we he got out front. He, he you know of course you wanted him front in the band because yeah he's the he's guy. the whole draw you know yeah, you yeah. don't come see us you know and so he got out front but he got up and played drums on two or three tunes and just kicked butt you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he. I think he played better with us than I ever heard him play anywhere else. Oh really? Nice. Because he was. I don't know. He was on fire, man. Yeah. How is Peter Chris as a front man? Because everybody knows him as the drummer. You know, he's always in the back playing the drums. How is he, like, I mean, I can't imagine he's a Robert Plant up there, but, I mean, how is Peter Chris as, like, a lead singer front man? You know, man, he was really good. Yeah? <laughs> he just knew what to do, you know, and, and he jumped around and he moved around and um, he and Stan got out there and did all kind of stuff. I mean, it was he was very good at it. Now, Deep Thoughts with Paul Stanley. Boo! Boo, boo! Boo, boo, boo! Boo, 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 boo! Still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America. Recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tango, Kick Tracy, as well as producer. That have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R O C K N P O D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. Throw another log in the fireplace. It's Christmas in July. All right. Happy Kissmas in July, man. This is fun so far. I like this. Yeah. I feel like we're we're kiss archaeologists. We're digging deep for the mysteries. Kissologists. Yeah, totally. Yeah. This is great. Mike's cool. I like him. Yeah, really good guest. We're really had, glad we could have him come over. Shoot, yeah. Well, before we get back into it, I guess you know everybody knows what we got going on. Right after Christmas in July is over, we mm-hmm. we switch gears. We we go from Christmas in July into Rock and Pod Expo because man, it's right around the corner. And if you haven't got your tickets for it yet, you got to get your tickets. You got to come to Nashville that weekend with us. It's the weekend of the twenty fifth yeah. in August, and you know we got stuff going on the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Yep. We got pre party going on mm-hmm. with. I mean. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Yep. Punky and Frank from Angel. Mm-hmm. And they've got a backing band that are true, true Angel fans. They were bringing it authentically and awesomely. And they're bringing it to Nashville. They're bringing it to the Rock and Pie pre-party. And that's not all they're bringing because we've got Ron Keel in the house that yeah. night. And also Tora Tora. Yeah. A decibel geek favorite through and through right there. And our there. buddy Greg Mangus is going to have an all-star lineup yes. doing cover songs. And... 
there's going to be a special surprise if you're a Stars fan. I'll yeah, if you if you are a Stars fan, and I know there's a few of them listening right now, probably more than a few, yeah. you definitely want to get to Nashville that weekend. Help us change Music City USA into Rock Music City USA. The weekend of Rock and Pod Expo, become a part of it. Come have fun with us. All these podcasts from all over the world, all these awesome rock stars are going to be there to sign your favorite albums. I mean, boy, if you just wanted to get Michael Wagner's autographs, what a stack of albums yeah. you could bring in. Yeah, you could bring a whole record store's worth of stuff. Yeah, if you want to meet Head from Corn, yeah. this is the place to do it. He's going to be there. So many great people. I mean, the yeah. list it's is... It's a huge list, and we recently added... Um, Troy Lucetta from Tesla. Yes. He's coming. Yes. And Bring your favorite Tesla yeah. album, CDs, cassette tapes, eight yeah. tracks, whatever yeah. you got. Paul, Bring it all. He'll Paul sign Taylor it for from, you. Paul Taylor from Winger's coming. Yeah. Your uh, Winger albums, your Alice Cooper albums, yeah. all that good stuff. And speaking of albums, there's going to be a ton of great vinyl vendors there on yep. site. And uh, a lot of shows are going to be recording throughout the day. We're gonna that have was one of my favorite things from last year is watching people on this side of the room buy vinyl, mm-hmm. and then take it immediately over to the other side of the room and have it all signed up. Yeah, and that's what we're hoping for again this year. And uh, So much some, fun. Some awesome panels happening on stage. Aaron and I are going to do a live Albums Unleashed with Ron Keel and Michael Wagner for the Keel 1987 self-titled album. I'm excited about that. I had that one when I was yeah, a kid. A lot a of spins over really the years. Really cool record. And, yes. uh, so we're doing all that, and, then there's a, um, and also if you buy a ticket to the pre-party the night before, you will get free access to the expo the next day. Right, because we all want to party together. We're not trying to soak you. We're no. not trying to make you spend a ton of money. We just want to see you we're have a good time. All, hang out with you all weekend. And, Shoot, and, yeah. then, uh, and that's, that deal is available through August 15th, so get it while you can. Yeah, um, and then after the Rock and Pot Expo yeah. that day, we all head back on over. We go to the basement. To the basement. And we have an after party there with uh, Denman headlining that, the local local favorites here. And yes. uh, also... Not and, just local. Everybody that listens to this show loves Denman. Yeah, they Denman. Know, know him very well. And... Uh, uh, Nightwake is a band that we just added to the bill. They're coming to play. Jacob Cade, who's a guest at the Expo, yeah. is coming. I saw some Rock and Ron videos with him yeah. on Decibel Geek TV. Man, that kick and shred. Man, and, is he good. Uh, Black Heron from Detroit is going to open up the show. And, uh, yeah. and Ian and Ralph from Rock and Metal Combat will be on stage introducing them. So you never know what's going to come out on the microphones that night. But you know what to expect. You know it'll be good. <laughs> so that'll be at the basement that night. And then the next night... We're going to have at Zany's, the comedy club, which is just down the street from the basement in Mercy Lounge. This is something I'm really, really looking forward yeah. to. And it's hard because it's like everything that weekend I'm looking forward to. But I'm a little especially excited about this. Yeah, a comedy show with Courtney Cronin-Dold, our friend who's on the Pop Podcast and a great comedian. Yeah. Earl Skakel from Inappropriate Earl Podcast. And you've seen him on Comedy Central Roast Battle. Yeah. And headlining is Craig Gass, who you know from... King of Queens, Family Guy, Howard Stern show, The Kiss Cruises does the greatest Gene Simmons impression. Yeah. Him and Ken Mills, I want to do a Gene off. At oh the man, Expo. that would be great. Gene talking to Gene. Here's the thing I'm thinking about this show. Not only is it at world famous Zanies, it yeah. is basically basically the comedy club in Nashville and has been for ever. Yeah. You know, it's a historic place. These comedians are coming in. They're coming in for Rock and Pod. Yeah. They know their audience. Yeah. They know who's going to be there. Be a lot of this kiss is, jokes. This is going to be some <laughs> rock and roll comedy that's yeah. going to be hard to beat. Yeah. If, yeah. You're, I, I can't wait for, for that. And then also the guy that's Doug Sherrard who's handling the vinyl vendors at the Rock and Pod Expo. If you're interested, there's also at the same venue, the Nashville Palace, during the day that day before the comedy show, there's going to be a full-on record show oh, wow. with vinyl vendors through the whole building. See, so again, you've this got is, something this is to your do weekend. all weekend. You will not get bored, I promise. No, you might you might miss out on a little sleep, but you know what? You can catch uh, up on that you can later. Sleep on Monday because there's so much going on. <laughs> I'm taking Monday off. I'm planning. <laughs> I think I'm going to need it. I'm going to be forced to take that off. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And uh, the fact that it's grown to three days just over one year is pretty amazing. Super uh, cool, Yeah, we're excited. So join us if you can. It would be great to see everybody. Yes. Uh, The Kistory guitar, I think, is still available. Yeah, but we're down to, like, less than 40 entries left. Okay, so by the time you're hearing this, it may be done already. That would be great. We're looking forward to uh, doing the Skype video. I've got a big slash-looking top top hat we're going to throw all the names in there we're going to draw it out on facebook live so everybody can see the winner yep. all at the same time yeah i'm excited to uh, announce the winner and ship that thing out to them and yeah. uh, add it to their kiss room because that would be a hell of an addition to a kiss room shoot yeah of course you know us we're decibel geek podcast we got a facebook page we love to see you get on there and you know just come converse you know with mm-hmm. fellow rock and rollers there's all kinds of that going on right now we've got amazing writers from all over the universe not just the world the universe and they're writing amazing articles about rock and roll this is 
Metal Edge, Hit Parader, Cream, Circus, and all that wrapped into one and turned into a website, and it's decibelgeek.com. That all ends up on the Facebook page. People all talk about it. You know, check out the concert photos. Check out Decibel Geek TV on YouTube. Yeah. All kinds of cool videos on there, too. Rock and Ron is out there, and he's accepting contributions. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're out at a show and you catch some videos, full songs, you know, reach out to Rock and Ron through Facebook or through the uh, Decibel Geek website. And uh, you too can become a contributor. Just as simple as that. Cool. And uh, we got Amazon. You know, yep. while you're at decibelgeek.com, right at the top of the page, we've got an Amazon banner. The way this works, you click on it, it takes you to Amazon. You do all your shopping like you normally do. You pay exactly the same prices you would normally pay, except the difference is because you went to our website first. Amazon takes a little bit of their winnings mm-hmm. from the deal. You know, you pay for your thing. If it's $10, it's $10. Amazon then takes the ten dollars that becomes theirs and cuts us off like you know part of a penny (laughs) (laughs) pretty much but it adds up but it all adds up you know and so like we're talking about today you know we're talking to mike you know and he's got some solo stuff and different bands and Mm -hmm. things he's done check it out on amazon it's probably out there peter chris's solo stuff you know that's all out there on amazon pick yourself up that stuff and check it out if you're a kiss fan you owe it to yourself to familiarize yourself with the stuff these guys did outside the realms of kiss and of course kiss you want to buy anything kiss there is everything kiss mm-hmm. and everything kiss is on amazon go through our link at decibel geek do your shopping doesn't cost you nothing extra you help us out and we get the list yes we get a list of everything you buy and some of the more interesting purchases from the last seven days include a track phone rebel 4g smartphone wow and, they uh, still make track phones i guess so that's cool uh, somebody bought several planar 24 inch widescreen led C- lcd monitors thank you See? very much it doesn't have to all just be rock oh. and roll stuff i mean you can outfit you your could, office you could set up your home computer if people are doing amazon shopping uh, on it go to our link save that on your desktop mm-hmm. and then every time somebody clicks on it nice and easy they're helping us That's they true. don't even know they're they helping us to know. but they're helping save rock and roll uh some blu-rays were purchased including vertigo super troopers 2 uh-huh. uhf the weird owl movie Oh, yeah. And, that's uh, awesome. Roller coaster. And then also, somebody bought some premium record sleeves for their 12-inch record cover- covers. Nice. Uh, somebody bought an 8-inch eight, an replacement semi-chisel pole chainsaw. So, Jesse James Dupree, thank you. Thank you. Uh, in music that was bought, Running Wild, Riding the Storm, the very best of the noise years, was bought. Hmm. Stereo Nasty, Twisting the Blade. Rob okay. Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson doing Helter Skelter. Oh wow! Judas Priest Stained Class. You got to have that. Oh man, I love it. Also, uh, Operation Mind Crimes latest. The key was bought. Cool. Lest we forget, the best of Marilyn Manson was bought. Oh yeah. The Temperance Movement, a deeper cut. I've heard good things about that band. I need to leave, listen more. Is it uh, the Temperance Movement. Yeah, the Temperance yeah. Movement. Huh, check that out. Uh, Great White Absolute Hit was, Hits was bought. Right on. Hailstorm's new album Vicious. Good. Rush's Moving Pictures. Got to have that. Yeah. And uh, Tom Petty and American Treasure. That's a four CD set that just came out from his estate. So uh, that, right on. That's, that's, that's cool. pretty interesting. Is it some out. unreleased stuff? I think so. Oh yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited to check that out. So yeah. So thank you guys and keep purchasing on Amazon. We really appreciate it. Yep. And come see us in August for Rock and Pod Two. Yep. And enjoy the rest of our conversation with Mike Hutchins. And this is Kissmas in July on the Decibel Geek Podcast. Peter told me the story about the first time kids came to Nashville, uh-huh. and they came in a station wagon pulling a, tra- a trailer, a yep. U-Haul, <laughs> and they played this place. I think it's, it's a place called Mother's, Mother's yeah. Music Important. His yeah. father-in-law was at the show. Was at the show? Well, yeah. Peter, Peter said that, that they drove down, you know, and they're all stinking feet, and all, everybody's face, and he just, he, the way he told the story, it was just really cool to, to know that that's, that's how they started too oh yeah uh, yeah it came from nothing so he, he said he remembers his first visit to nashville was at that show that's yeah. awesome yeah. that's cool even back then you know they were even just first starting out they were so different and so good that you know that's what the that's the foundation that the kiss legacy is built on is that that's right them first tours you know when they didn't have anything but they were still out there wowing people right yeah yeah we had so. uh one of the original roadies on the show and for a long discussion and 
he had some really amazing stories because you know they and like they, they called their first tour the dartboard tour because that's what it looked like they routed it th- just by throwing darts <laughs> on the dartboard it's like you'd play florida one day and then have to be in new york the next and like yeah. finish the show get in the station wagon and just drive right and uh yeah it's you know they truly they truly paid their dues they they, they did not get anything handed to them at all i completely agree so uh so he was a he was a road veteran by the time you guys hooked up with him so yeah. i'm sure to him it was just business as usual right yeah, you know, we just did our thing, you know. That's cool. So, uh, you know, you do the the handful of dates, and then, and like you said, he so he got sick and had to go home, and then it, it just just never got another call back. Or how did it wind up? Did it really resolve, or did it just sort of stop? Well, it never really resolved. Yeah, because I didn't get paid for the last my last week. Oh no, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I survived. Yeah, uh, but uh, but Peter Peter would call me. Yeah, he we stayed in touch. He wanted. Uh, he he went back to Connecticut and he took th- the three songs that I'd given him, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they went in the studio up there and try. And he wanted me to come up there. Uh, the, the real story is this: he they went in and recorded these three songs, and he didn't like the lead guitar mm-hmm. on them. And he and so he called me up and he said, "Man, we really need you to come and put the solos on this stuff." Uh, and uh, I had um, just lost my gig mm-hmm. with him, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I was pretty pretty flat broke, and I was getting ready to get married. I just gotten married, actually. He was actually invited to my wedding. Mm. Uh, they couldn't come, but uh, but I just got married, and I was like, I have any money? I mean, I, yeah. how am I supposed to get there? And and um, so um, I ended up not going because uh. I couldn't afford to go. And you know, he, but he said you can stay with me. He wanted me to stay with him in Connecticut. And, mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so they recorded those three songs, and then he wanted to, to negotiate with me over the um, uh, publishing royal, uh, rights. Right. Okay. So he got together with his his attorneys, and they sent me a letter um, wanting me to give fifty percent to them, and also let him have the ability to change lyrics and stuff like this. Yeah. And um, that's a tall order. Yeah, and so I, you know, at the time I just decided that I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I can't blame you for and that. And so uh, I kept everything, and um, I still got the letter with his signature and the lawyer's signature on it. I was supposed to sign it and send it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I never signed it. I still got it. Oh man. Yeah. Were there plans like? I mean, it sounds to me like you guys are out touring. The feeling's good. There's good mm-hmm. response most everywhere. What is the original plan for this band? I mean, is it too record albums keep touring record more albums and actually be a real band before before peter's got to go home yeah the, the, the whole thing was to get a record deal yeah you know, the whole thing was setting up for a record deal and they were having i think they were negotiating it was getting pretty close you know it just didn't make the last step yeah, yeah. and i think the management company I honestly now i think they don't they really didn't know how to really do it this really handled him properly. Yeah. You know? I kind of figured, because I mean, even back then it's Nashville and from everything I've ever heard, you know, it was still the good old boy. Like we talked to Dick Wagner from Alice Cooper and he talked about coming to Nashville and all anybody ever said to him was, how's Alice the snake, you know, and didn't take rock music too seriously. And to hear like a Nashville management company reaching out to Peter Chris, I mean, that seems kind of mismatched from the very start. Well, you know, I, I think they took him perfectly seriously. I don't yeah. think I think they knew what they had. I don't think they knew exactly what to do with it. Right, and, right. And you know, and plus they were front, they were paying for everything. You know, and that mm. money was running out fast. And, yeah. and I think at some point they were just like, you know, we can't keep doing this. You know, we can't keep going on here. Yeah. Uh, and then the fact that Peter wasn't feeling well. You know, and you know, and there was some there was some um, um, problems with you know substance problems and stuff mm. there there too with for Peter and Stan. And that gets yeah. expensive and so, too. And yeah. so they yeah. they weren't sometimes in the best state, right? You know, even though when we played and, and with us they were great, right? I could see that, you know, and and I think one of the reasons that I can be very honest with you guys and very clear with you guys. Is that you know I, I don't I never did any drugs mm-hmm. uh, I, or drank I never did any of that stuff you know well a long long time ago by the time I, they came to town I had quit that stuff I quit that stuff in like seventy four right yeah. and so my memories are very clear right you know and so 
that's kind of what happened. Yeah, just wasn't quite stable enough to go to the next, yeah, the know, next level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's... It almost sounds like it was just a vacation for Peter Chris, a rock and roll vacation. I think he was serious about it. Yeah? You don't work that hard if you're not serious. I I think he intended on taking it all away, but if if your personal life's not quite where it needs to be to take it to that level, it's it's awfully hard to pull that off. You I think know? that's that's part of it. And, you know, part of it, too, guys, is it's just like fate. You know, it's yeah. like sometimes things are just not going to happen. Right. Or they're not, or the timing isn't right or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I think because the band that he had backing him up, yeah. I mean, it, this was this band can play anything, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. Well, t- Tony, you know, who couldn't join us today because he's out of town, but like, you know, he tell me about Tony Crow. He's a pretty well known player around town, right? Tony, Tony, uh, well, uh, Tony, I just love Tony. Yeah. Tony's one of my brothers, you know. Tony, um, we when I first uh, met Alan Woody, I met Alan Woody in like '75, and we met and we hit it off instantly mm-hmm. and we decided we want to put a band together instantly and so we were trying to find a keyboard player and he says well i, I know a guy that plays he's incredible but he's a senior in high school <laughs> oh, wow. well and you know and i was only at 22 or so yeah I mean, we were it feels pretty, like a lot longer back pretty then. young but uh, <laughs> but i said all right well let's let's get together with him and we did and he was just phenomenal yeah you know and so we just hit it off incredible songwriter uh and so that's how we met Tony. And once the three of us hooked up, you know, we were, we were tight as you can get. Yeah. And so we just worked really hard. That's, so I played with Tony for years. Yeah. Cool thing about the Peter Chris gig, we we got the gig. And, and you know, after we uh, uh, rehearsed the first time, you know, Peter says, you know, I really want to get a keyboard player in here. We want to, maybe we can hold auditions for keyboard players. And me and Woody looked at each other. We and, got him. We know the guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we got Tony. That's awesome. So yeah, so he's the one that played the. the so he didn't play Beth live, did he? Or, or it was just the acoustic thing to do Beth. Uh, Stan live? and 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 Peter played Beth. Okay. Stan played acoustic guitar and Peter and they sang. Yeah. Together. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's how they did that. Did y'all do any Chelsea material aside from Beth? Like from the from the pre Kiss days? Any of that early stuff? Name a song. Uh, well, one of them that wound up on the 78 solo album was That's the Kind of Sugar Papa Likes. Did y'all do that No, one? we didn't do that. We didn't do no. that one. Uh, Rock, Rock Me Baby. No, Baby Hold On. We did Baby Hold That's On. That's a different one. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Now I'm on the spot. The <laughs> That's okay. Comes. I should have brought that list with me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it. Yeah. But, so not a lot of media, though, that you saved from back then. Like, uh, it's no video footage or anything along those lines. Well, not that I, not that I can find. I Man. mean, we did press conferences and yeah. I know we, we did a, the first press conference that we did, I, I mean, Peter came and got me. He said, you're going with me. Yeah. You know, and, and I said, I said, he said, I want you, I want you to come with me. So I went and sat with him, you know, at the, on the, ta- at the table. Yeah. And he, uh, and I think Tony did too. And, he just wanted us to be a part of it. You know? yeah. he, he was just a super nice guy. He wanted us to experience a press conference. You know. And well, speaking of those, cool. when you did those, was, did he get annoyed by every question being about Kiss? Because I'm sure that's the bulk of what people were asking him about. Him no, about. man. You know, I, I never saw him get annoyed at much of anything. He, I did, he was just a really nice guy. I mean, yeah. To, as far as I, I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing, uh, you know, every now and then he would talk a little bit about when he got got fired from Kiss, yeah. you know, and he and he wasn't happy about that. Well, sure. Well, who would be? <laughs> yeah. What was his side of that story? How did he, how did he tell it he, at that time? I think he owned up to what happened. Yeah. I yeah. think he was straight up. He knew he and Ace were, they were wild, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, he told me the story. He said, "He said the, you guys would probably know the story, but he said he was at a, they were at some huge concert, and, and they did this thing at this time where the riser would come up, and he would yep. rise up into the air and play. Yeah. Yep. He said, so he said he got off stage, he was getting ready to do his big drum solo, and he said he was back there. He said he was he was high. Yeah. And he said, and all of a sudden he looked up and he saw the drum riser going up with another." With a guy that looked like him. Oh yeah, we heard about this prank. Yeah, yeah, and, and he said he just watched it go up, and he was like, like, what's happening here? You know? And yeah, that was that's pretty funny. Well, yeah, the story was like, suppose when he's high as a kite too. Like, wait a minute, am I seeing things? That's exactly yeah. what he said. Well, yeah. they did that story where I don't remember who was that told us about this, but there was a story that they wanted to play a prank on Gene, and and they dressed up 
Fritz Postlethwaite, who was like their tour manager, they dressed him up like Gene in Gene's makeup. And they put him on Peter's drum riser as it went up. So when the drum riser got to the... Because Gene always had to look up and give Peter the cue for the bombs to go off. So Gene looks up and he sees his himself up on the drums. <laughs> and that was in Gene's book. Gene's like, he th- he, Gene thought that he was hallucinating. He's like, I look up and I see myself on the drums and I thought I was losing my mind. But it was all a, a prank to, to screw with Gene. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. But like there were stories on that last tour with them where... Yeah, yeah you know, they, they weren't getting along. There'd and, be a lot of anger yeah. stuff going. Some things would get thrown at people and stuff right. along those lines. And right. But, I mean, when you have those four personalities in a band and then you mix millions of dollars and a lot of fame, you're going to have stuff happen. And uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's – in hindsight, I don't th- think it, I don't think that band was sustainable at the time. It was just – it was too much for everybody, right. I guess, you yeah, know. I, and, and, you know – and. I think people have to, at some point, kind of grow up too, and and I felt like when he was, even though he was still, you know, doing things, you know, uh, you know alternative things yeah, right. in Nashville, I felt like he was growing up, yeah. you know, and uh, he was trying, he was trying, you know, yeah. to, uh, I never had a problem with him, right. I tell you, you know, and, but I remember one time we were at a rehearsal, and, and, um, and he got a phone call, and he had, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. You know, right. he got a phone call, and he had right. to leave, and, and he came back, and he could look. He looked was looked a little weird. And we we're like, "Hey, Pete, man, are you okay? What's up, man? Are you all right?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, man, I just got a call from Ace. Ace just shot all the windows out of his house." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You know? wow. I, love, I love that we got an Ace story out of this. Yeah, of course, <laughs> there, there's a million of them. Yeah. Did Peter ever tell you any stories from his time in Kiss that just blew your mind? Um, you know, I don't think anything that blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just, you know, we'd sit around and talk and, uh, and he would, he would talk about, um, when they first started, he said that they, they, when they went into their first interview, he said, um, and I think the makeup might've been partly his idea, if I'm yeah. not, not mistaken. Uh, but, uh, we were sitting, actually we were recording over at Cinderella and we were sitting outside and he took a little piece of chalk and he drew his his face with the makeup on on the picnic table. Oh yeah, and we're just sitting there talking. You know, it was really cool. Huh. Uh, but he said um, the um, oh yeah he oh he said when they did their first press oh, conference, yeah, press conference. He said what they did was he said they realized what they wanted to do. They wanted to be superheroes. Yeah. Right. He said they wanted to, and so they, that's when they got these huge tall shoes. He said they wanted to walk in and look down at everybody. Right. Yeah. I remember him telling me that. They had a whole strategy you know, of how they yeah. wanted to, to be super, to not just a rock band, it would no. be superhuman at the same that's time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I remember they, and then, like, there was a special on VH1 and, and Peter tells the story that all, when they were, before all the makeup and everything, they all four like stopped rehearsing one day, went down to see Alice Cooper on the Billion Dollar Babies tour at Madison Square Garden, and they're watching the show. And he says he'll, him and Gene sat in the seats, and he'll never forget Ace and Paul ran all the way up front because they wanted to see everything up close. And after that concert, they were all like, what if there's four Alice Coopers? And that was kind of like the, <laughs> yeah. the seed that started the whole thing. Right. It's just such a fascinating history of that group. But like – did you think back in 84 you'd be, you know, 30-plus years later doing an interview talking about your time playing in 1984 with Peter Chris? I never even thought of a thought about it, man. I mean, I, I, you know, when you're a musician in, in Nashville, you got to make a living. Yeah, it's, so it's I, work, I just went yeah. right back to work and right. went right back to playing and recording and doing songs. And uh, I never really considered it. And then um, it's, it started to bubble up, you know, seven or eight years ago. People started calling me yeah. and saying, hey, what about this? And uh mm-hmm. Um, we have we have this these recordings. Where are they from? And right, all this sort of stuff. And uh, so, now, you know, I wouldn't have known either way. Yeah, well, Kiss fans will will testify we're obsessive about Absolutely. this stuff, and we want to know every little inkling of history and everything. I understand. When's the last time you talked to him? Uh, it's been a long time since I talked to him. Um, I, I, ha- I know that he. I got a message to him. He, Kiss, when Kiss re, did the reunion tour, mm-hmm. they came to Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I was there. You guys go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was in Wisconsin at the time. 97, okay. I was there. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, they came to Nashville, and one, I had a student at the time who was just crazy about Kiss. Yeah. Uh, this guy, man, he had his hair was down to his knees, but he was just <laughs> a Kiss guy. Did he teach me how to play like Ace Frehley? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. 
And, uh, and so I say, start drinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I had, I had like, you know, two or three promo photos left. Yeah. You know, and and I knew they were probably worth something. Oh, sure. Because it was such a short lived thing. But I just liked the guy so much. I gave him one. Uh I just said, Hey man, I know you're going to really appreciate it. I gave it to him. And so he went to the show and somehow or another, he got to, um, Got to meet Peter. Oh, cool! After the show, he got to do a meet and greet or something. Yeah, and he said he said he walked up and he he took the, he took that photo and he just kind of threw it down on the table. He uh-huh. said Peter Peter kind of looked down, looked at it, looked up at him, <laughs> and and where did you get that? <laughs> the guy said my guitar teacher, and he said Peter without missing a beat went Mike. <laughs> nice. So, that's cool. That's awesome, man. I was kind of curious, too. In 84, you think about Kiss, you know, it's about animalized time. They've taken off their makeup at this point. Kiss is starting to do pretty good for themselves again by 84. Right. Is there ever any kind of feeling of competition from Peter Chris? It's like, man, you know, I'd sure like to, you know, show these guys that I can do just as good as what they're doing. You know, I, I, I don't think that he would have been human if he didn't have that. Right. You know, yeah. I, think, it's human nature. I think he definitely wanted to make it on his own. And here's the thing, guys. I'll tell you. He could have. Yeah. He could have done it. You know, if it's like I was talking earlier about about fate and timing and luck. He had what he had the element to do it. Mm-hmm. It just didn't coalesce, you know, yeah. at the right time. So he he had I think it was would have been a great opportunity for him. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to have heard it, you know, heard what it what could have come out of it. Did you see him perform during any of the, the reunion tour years? No, no, yeah. I didn't. You know, usually the, the honest truth is, um, even when my friend Alan Woody was with the Almond Brothers, and mm-hmm. of course they, he started a band called Government Mule, yeah. which is still huge. Yeah, great band. Even when he was doing that, I mean, I was always working, man. I mean, yeah. if, if you know, if you don't, if you're not gigging, you're not doing doing working, you're not getting paid. That's you know? right, so, right. Uh, I never had a lot of time to go to shows. So right. I never really thought about it much. You know, I just was doing my thing, you know. Yeah. You know, in Mind Over Matter, uh, we were doing, gosh, man, we were doing, I think, 15 or 20 shows a month. We were playing everywhere. You wow. Know? I was trying to get that off the ground. and Yeah. You know, so. So what are you up to these days? Well, you know, uh, um, the last few years I've been doing uh, um, writing uh stuff for independent films mm-hmm. and I just had a new independent film that just debuted uh, in this a couple of weeks ago called A Host of Sparrows uh, and um, I got to do the uh, song that's the intro song to the movie oh, cool. uh, and so the song plays in its entirety all the way through the opening scenes of the movie and guys getting out of prison and all this stuff it's really cool and right on got to do that and so uh, and I've done a documentary mm-hmm. with music also I put my own stuff out you know, I've got um, lots of records out on all avenues, on all platforms. Cool. And um, working on a, a blues rock album right now, finishing that up, and uh, um, just writing and recording, man. And also still teaching guitar. Cool. Right on. And we, uh, we'll put links to all your, your links that you want to put on the show. Yeah, when that blues rock album's yeah. done, let us know. We'll play it on the show. And uh, and, and if, uh, if, if Peter decides to do another record and he gives you a call, what would your answer be? Oh, I'd do anything for I'd, I'd do anything Peter wanted me to do. Yeah, I really like him, you know. Yeah, and uh, I think he's a great guy, you know. I think I think we're in the probably the rearview mirror at this point. Yeah, but uh, I'd be happy to do anything. Well, I know he he pretty much said he was retired about a year ago. He's he, he does an autograph signing here and there, but that's uh, that's about where where it ends. He I, did, I still long for that hard rock uh, Peter Chris album. I would love to hear it. But he's he, supposed to get that before he retired. Darn it! He did do a show up in New York. I think it was about a year ago. And he, you know, called it his his final appearances. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some great video on YouTube uh, of that show, and and he just kills it. Yeah. I mean, he was great. Yeah, yeah he, you know, Peter could play, man. Yeah, yeah. and that For voice, sure. such a great voice. He had those yeah. big old arms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the little drum tattoo on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. Well, thanks great. for taking some time and, and talking to us. Glad today. to do it, guys. Yeah, I appreciate, really appreciate you it. asking me down. Thanks. All right. Merry All Christmas. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 